Yo, welcome, welcome, welcome to Uncultured Bias with Kamara Williams. I know some of you are thinking like, why, Kamara, are you playing a Janet Jackson record? Well, today's podcast is going to be about political cleanser and it's our part five edition. Now, I'm even more confusing, right? Because you might be saying political cleanser and Janet Jackson. Well, let's go ahead and discuss how this actually ties in. Well, hopefully you guys have been catching on to the last few weeks where I like to play records that identify a topic in which we are discussing. Um, so what does Janet Jackson have to do with that, you might be asking. Well, let's look into the lyrics, shall we? Like a moth to a flame burned by a fire. My love is blind. Can't you see my desire? That's the way love goes. And in our opening verse, it says, come with me. Don't you worry. I'm going to make you crazy. I'll give you time of your life. I'm going to take you places you've never been before. You'll be so happy that you came Oh, I'm going to take you there. Of course, Janet says a lot better than I do. But um, you hopefully figure out that that's actually not only one of my favorite Janet Jackson records, shout out to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, but it's easily one of our most seductive records. Uh, to me, that is the epitome of what power and politics are, the seduction of it all, right? It's in the power of seduction that we as a country find ourselves at the whim of what some would call a deigned extreme ideological perspective. Um, catapulted by the Republican Party, whose only objective is to corral party loyalty and power in the upcoming election. But how did we get there? What started this slow descent? Some would argue that this Republican, the Republicans co-signed um, anti-intellectualism um, with their co-sign of Sarah Palin on the presidential ticket in 2008 with John McCain. Others will argue, and I think this is also more apropos to what we're discussing, that it would it really began in 2010 when a small group of extremist economic hardliners took hold of the national conversation and thus created the movement of the Tea Party. Interestingly enough, this Tea Party movement galvanized a base of voters and propelled the Republicans into leadership, keeping them in congressional and Senate power into the last, last election, the 2020 election. Ten years, Republicans held on to this power. In the midst of that, obviously, they latched onto a presidential candidate who admittedly was anti-intellectual and comedically ignorant. Uh, the GOP thrived, though, with this capture of all three branches of the government. Um, this came crashing down, of course, in 2020 um, with the last election, with the Democrats taking hold of both the House, the Senate, even by slim majority, and, of course, the presidency. Now, it didn't take long for the GOP to lick their wounds because they've actually dig their heels into what we would call the anti-intellectual anti well and have chosen a new champion in our Florida governor um, who has the fixings of Trump, but none of the Trumpian calories, as I like to say, right? Uh, what has transpired is a slow descent into totalitarian governmental exercise. Um, principles that 12 years ago, I would even argue that the GOP faithful would have abhorred. But here we are. But as the power of what seduction is and as a funny way of whittling down even the staunchest of character. Love of power is a mighty thing, but that is the way love goes. Now, before we get into our podcast, I want to say thank you guys for always listening and being a subscriber. If you're on Apple, please uh, rate this podcast with a five star review. Um, that is part of the algorithms in which Apple grades um, our podcast. If you are um, enjoying the podcast, both on Sp Apple and Spotify, continue to share it with your friends, both on social media or with a text message or anything like that. Um, I go on to KamaraWilliams.com, leave me a message on our platform because that's how I uh, grade engagement personally. And I just like to hear from people who are enjoying the, this pod. 
All right, well, I'd like to thank our sponsors uh, is Compass Tax Advisors. Now, you can reach them at 850-273-7193 at mycompasstax.com. Um, or if you're in the market of a real, uh, for real estate, go to keystoneglobalrealestate.com. That's keystoneglobalrealestate.com. You can reach them at 407-680-8510. And finally, once again, um, if you are in a market for a estate planning, um, guardianship, probate, uh, you can contact our firm, uh, Smith & Williams Trial Group, at 888-SWTGLaw.com. That's 888-798-4529 or SWTGLaw.com. Or reach me at cwilliams at SWTGLaw.com. All right, now that we got all these these beautiful um, uh, uh, housekeeping out the way, uh, let's actually get into why you guys listen to, to this podcast. It's a political cleanser. And joining me in this episode, I'm going to start with my buddy. You've heard him before, and you've actually had him on. I think he was on the last political cleanser. Jason, what's up? Uh, what's going on, man? I, I was curious to see how you're going to land that plane <laughs> after Janet Jackson. That was pretty good. Though. You liked it? I did. You like I how did. I landed it? Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good, man. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I appreciate it. Y'all know Jason, man. Jason is our political nihilist, man. He don't like anybody. <laughs> so, But uh, I always enjoy talking politics with him, even offline or even on in the studio. So thank you for joining us, man. Always dope, man. I appreciate you having me. Oh, man. No doubt. No doubt. And actually, we have a special guest uh, but I, I, before I introduce this special guest, I want to play a clip uh, properly introducing this special guest. So um, bear with me. Obviously, it's not the flu, but I don't think it's so much more severe than the flu. Well, you have that right to believe that, but I, no. I disagree. I, Coming out here dressed as the Grim Reaper, you know, saying you're dead for being out here. I think that's a little bit much. Let's not give everything up because we're sick. As crazy as that sounds, okay, it's a bit too much. So the man behind the costume, the so-called Grim Reaper, is attorney Daniel Ufelder, and he is joining me now from Jacksonville. And you're not just out there kind of protesting. You've also filed a lawsuit against Governor Ron DeSantis to close beaches. Why did you decide to go to such lengths and specifically target beaches? Well, there's been a lack of leadership in our state handling this, this crisis. So... Back in March, I filed suit against Governor DeSantis to temporarily close our beaches and issue a stay-at-home order. It's the beaches are drawing people from all over the world and coming here and spreading the virus and increasing the virus. In fact, when I filed suit against the governor, there was about 500 cases, uh, 10 reported deaths. 108 days later today, because I filed suit on March 20th, there are under over 200,000 cases in Florida and almost 4,000 deaths. So it's a lack of leadership that's going on in our state. And, and, there, and it wasn't, and there needed to be a voice for the. Daniel Ufelder. Mr. Ufelder, are you still here with us? Yes, I am. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Listen, um, you're, I, I, are you famous or infamous? What do we, we want to call you? <laughs> Depends on who you ask, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like. The Grim Reaper. It, you know what? It sounds like a wrestling name. That's what it sounds. Like. <laughs> it, it does. Yes, it does. I, and the costume is. My wife is happy that it's in a museum, so I can't get the urge to put it on. So uh, it, it is it is safely tucked away in the History Museum of Miami at a uh, Smithsonian Museum uh, down in Miami. So. Really? I one thousand percent. You serious? Uh, yes, I, you, you, yes, I'm 100% serious. Yes, what they um at the end of last, well, I guess it was towards the end of last year, I got a call from it's the uh, History Museum 
in Miami. Uh, they are a Smithsonian uh, Institute type uh, museum. And they contacted me and said, well, we're putting together a uh, compilation of the history, you know, what happened with the pandemic. And, and so they said, do you want to, will you bring that? Uh, we want you to come down for a, a ceremony end of December of last year, uh, bring the costume. And I said, my wife was ecstatic because she 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 was always afraid I was going to put it on anytime. So I took it down there, and <clears throat> it was uh, they had a little ceremony. And uh, the, actually, the, the new mayor of Miami Dade County, she the first female Democratic mayor, was there, and they did a little ceremony. So yeah, you can see the costume down there at uh, the Miami History Museum in downtown Miami. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I don't think I don't know if I'll ever have anything that's retired in the Smithsonian. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's not a Grim Reaper costume. Yeah, that's, you know that's something that's pretty cool, though, man. You can tell your family about that one. Yeah, the kids, uh, the kids will um, get a kick out of that, telling yeah. stories about how their dad is memorialized the, yeah, with the Grim the, Reaper. The, the kid, yeah, the kids, they didn't think it was really cool until I got on Saturday Night Live, and then they were like, "Oh, well, that's legitimate." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, isn't that with kids though? Like, kids never know how cool their parents are. Yeah, until something cool happens to them, I guess. How old are your kids, Daniel? Uh, we got a 12 and 10. So oh, we, they, they watch Saturday Night Live. Okay. And we just came back from, this is the first time we've gone anywhere since the pandemic. So uh, we went on a family trip uh, and um, we're sitting at the airport yesterday. And uh, my daughter, she goes, you're just another one of us. You're just another one of the kids. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I like to joke around. So, um, but no, yeah, it's kids. Yeah, you never know what's going to resonate with them and mm-hmm. you know that was what it was they're like oh well the sign out live you're you maybe you're kind of funny you know so mm-hmm. you know i um I, I i was thinking about it like with your uh descent or your ascent into politics like was that something that you planned or like what inspired you because most people when they actually become get into this this stage you became a national figure right and yeah. It's not something you you can anticipate, but you felt propelled to do it. Like, like what? What's the thing that sparked you to doing that? Well, I um, my I grew up around and I grew up in Tallahassee, and um, my father was in politics, and he's he he exposed me to a lot of really great leaders, like Leroy Collins, who was a governor who was from Tallahassee and, and was initially um, not great on civil rights, but he turned around mm-hmm. and I would spend time with him and Lawton Childs and um, another good governor. And um, my family, it really comes down to my own personal family history. My grandfather, for whom I'm named, who I never met because he passed before I was born, he, he escaped Nazi Germany as a teenager. And um, his parents saw something coming and they got him out. Wow. And, uh, he came to West Palm beach and became the first Jewish city commissioner. But my great grandparents were put into ovens and incinerated. Wow. And, and my, as I grew up and my dad's, uh, two of his cousins are some are survivors. They were little babies in concentration camps. So I was kind of raised in a environment where it was, you know, if I had if I saw something going wrong, just as a young kid growing up, it was like my parents like, well, if you if you think in your gut something's going wrong, you can complain about it or you can do something about it. And 
And what happened in this pandemic and which is continuing to happen is because I, I, I live in a I, mean, I live in a Republican county. I mean, we have 75 percent of county voted for Trump. I mean, I used to be a Republican. I was I was a Democrat, a Republican. I'm a Democrat. And what I was seeing was. It was a lack of. Humanity, I guess. Yeah. And I was seeing where I live and where people, you know, I was, people were dying, you know, and they were still they were out partying. They were coming to the beach. They were the governor was you know downplaying it. The president was lying about it. And and it was it was it was almost like it didn't matter that people were dying. The people were justifying it. They were like, oh, it's it's just a cult. I mean, and it was just harking back to what you know survival. And so I said, this governor, you know, and the president who who put him in office, um, they don't care. I, I don't think Donald Trump cares about one person. That's true. Yeah. Ron DeSantis cares about maybe a couple people, <laughs> but the lack of humanity, the lack of empathy, and, and that's an empathy and humanity cross across party lines. I mean, there's Democrat Republicans who have empathy, yeah. and that's what it was. And I was just so fresh. I sued the governor. I said, you know, this he, he did shut down. He issued a stay at home temporarily, but I, it was just and I'm living in this area where I was seeing people weren't wearing masks. They were justifying it. And I just said, gosh, I got. I've sued this guy. I've traveled. This, you know, I went to the beaches with a hazmat suit. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, what do I got to do to get people? It was like I was just so frustrated with what I saw coming. And, you know, that was a year ago. Now look where we are now. I mean, we've got 600,000 deaths in this country. And so I said, what am I? What do I what do I have to do to get people to take this seriously? And so I said, well. Why don't I dress the Grim Reaper? Right. And I, and I checked with my wife and. She said no at first, and, she said, and then she said, okay, well, you know, she said, well, what are you going to say to these people? I said, well, this is what I'm going to say. Right. And she says, as long as that's what you say, I'll, I'll, I won't stop you, even though it would be hard to stop me. But, And I said to my kids, I said, kids, I'm going to put this on. Is this going to scare you? They're like, no, that's not scary. So I got clearance from them, and then I, I went out there May 1st um, to a local beach here, and, you know, it's um, – went down in history i guess it's, yeah. it's, 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 <laughs> i guess i mean yeah. you know the thing it's, it's sad that it, it took that right um yeah a, a funny thing though i love that you had a good co-sign from your wife right, right, right. <laughs> wife and kids well, I think, yeah. well, i'm a divorce lawyer too so i always clear big decisions with my wife <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean I, I i my i married i have a saint for a mother and i have a saint for a wife yeah and, and i got great kid and you know you know, I, I wanted to make sure because she knows I'm passionate. You know, when I, she knows when I get into something and I decide to do something, I, I'm, it's going to take a it takes a lot to stop. Right. I mean, and that's good as a litigator, a trial attorney, mm. as an activist, as a parent, as a husband. So but it's been you know, it, it, it's gone on for a while and it's. um, it, This country um and the state you know have i don't know if the problems are getting worse or we're or, or we're getting more information about them or there's an undercurrent that's now bubbling that's always been there but this country has a lot of good things about it yeah but it's got a lot of things that we can improve Absolutely. and and, yeah. and it seems like there's a strong resistance to that improvement that i've you know i've, I've grown up jewish in the south and 
I've done a lot of civil rights. I mean, it's there. It's just part of our history. And, you know, when, when, and this governor we've got now, we can get into him more, but I mean, he, he's just, it's just very, you know, he, he's, he's a, he's got, I'm very concerned about his, obviously I'm very concerned because of what I'm doing, but um, you say it, it, it's, it's a, it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. He, 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 you know, yeah. he ha there's a lot of things when you look at the way his, his brand of leadership, it, it makes you nervous. And um, yeah, one yeah. thing, one of the things I would say is that you and I have in common is that we're both suing the governor. Actually, <laughs> so I have a, uh, I'm part of, you know, a lawsuit where um, for the anti-riot bill and um, well, yeah. And so it's one of those things where you feel like, I didn't really, you, you you look at it and you're like, I don't really want to be a part of something where I have to like, you know, expose my family, but you're like looking, going crazy. Like who else is going to stick up? Who else is going to stand up? And so it's just frustrating that it requires people to take on such a massively powerful individual with a national um, trumpet, you know? And right. so that is something that um, I find is a bit disconcerting, um, you know, I'm actually going to do, do a favor. I was going to ask for your opinion, Jason, but I, before I get into it, um, I think it's important that I play this fun clip. So bear with me. Here. And I yearn to recapture is the glory of Gotham. like a harp from hell. <laughs> you gotta admit, I played this stinking city like a harp from hell. <laughs> I played this stinking city like a harp from hell. All right. That was from Batman Returns 1991. Um, I just thought that was a fun... Uh, fun clip because when I think about it, first of all, uh, the Satan, I mean, I call him the Satan, DeSantis. Um, he actually, uh, not, not only does he wear his suits ill formally, like oh, a penguin, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the way he captures the audience and sed seduces them into thinking he's something that he's not. And I, when I watch him, I'm like, oh, he's, he's playing everybody like a heart from hell. And that's what uh, pops into my mind. So I hope you guys appreciated that little uh, diatribe. So, Jason. Two for two now, man. Johnny I, Jackson and Batman. I'm tying them in, man. I am tying them in. <laughs> that's right. <a, laughs> did you guys recognize the scene? Did you did you recognize it? I, I had trouble hearing it, but, yeah, I, I, I'm a Batman. Batman is my superhero choice. Okay. So. I, I'm, I'm a Batman fan as well. What yes. about you, Jason? Did you know where it was coming from? Or yeah, when I heard the Gotham part. <laughs> yes, I heard the Gotham. That <laughs> like, okay. Um, so Jay, like, I'm gonna uh, dial you in here. Like, what do you? What are your thoughts? 
let's just lean into DeSantis a little bit. Yeah, um, my my chief complaint about him is what you said is that I just can't get over how this man wears his suits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he's a uh, like when I was when I was growing up and I started to get fat. My like I was playing football and I started to get bigger. And my uh, mom would never call me fat, though. She would say, oh, you're just a little husky. But that was, back in the day, instead of it saying, like, young men, it would say husky young men. Mm -hmm. So, like, DeSantis is a little husky. But he has the dough to get his suits cut to a place to where it doesn't make him look, I don't even know the right word to describe it. Um, but ill-fitting is a good term for him just in general. He's an <laughs> ill-fitting governor who wears ill-fitting suits. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think in terms of his leadership uh, during the pandemic, um, you know, I think for the three of us on this podcast, we obviously disagree with yeah. his approach. Um, however, what I think he did really well, uh, it, it just played out in his, in his favor, so I'm kind of playing a result here, but – the fact that he never technically shut the state down. So, right. you know, when he goes out to these Republican fundraisers and travels the country and he's on Fox News, he's like, hey, you know, Florida turned out fine. We never shut the state down. Right. Um, and that was the best decision for us. Um, but he left it up to local governments mm. to an extent. So I was going to say that we're in Orange County. So we'll just use Orange County as an example. Our mayor shut the county down for right. a few weeks. Right. Um, and that slowed the spread because if you remember, it was what slow the spread and then it was 10 days to whatever. Then it was 14 days. Um, and so I think without local Democratic leadership, we would have been in a much worse position. Yeah. And DeSantis is playing that to his favor. So when he's able to say, yeah, you know, it wasn't so bad in Florida, which I think it was, um, you know, that to me is saying that, hey, Democrats actually did a pretty good job in keeping their folks safe. So, you know, now when he's traveling and raising money off he's of He's not going to mention that. Right. He's not, absolutely, because the result came out of his favor. Right. So now, you know, when he comes back in, um, what is it, he, um, he he made a decision recently. What was it, if you were fined or if you were arrested or something like that for breaking any of the local COVID rules? Oh, uh, yeah, he he, he, yeah, he's not going to yeah, arrest yeah. you. And yeah, and so now he's going back and he's saying, okay, you guys did the job that I didn't want to do, but now I'm going to ensure that the folks who actually broke those so-called rules, which were likely Republican people, mm -hmm. um, they're going to get taken care of in the end. Um, so, I, honestly, I, it just it has come out masterfully for him, at least for his base and for Republicans and conservatives, um, because he's able to say, look, I steered us through, uh, you know, the worst pandemic in our lifetime, obviously. Yeah. Um, Florida turned out OK. Uh, you know, he never mentions the screwed up unemployment system. The only thing that he mentions about it is that Rick Scott screwed it up on purpose, which is the truth. Um, but in terms of his leadership overall, um, I think he's going to be able to tout that Florida was in a much better position than some of these other places. He likes to mention New York and California, and obviously we don't have the density as those two areas do. Um, but if he's able to put us up against what happened in those two states where you have a governor who's facing, uh, what, a recall? Yeah, a number. Of, uh, he's going through some things. He's going through some things. That's a good way to put it. And Gavin Newsom. Yeah. And, um, you know, we Gavin's see not going to get recalled, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. And then we see what's happening in New York, uh, yeah. you know, with the mayor and the governor situation. So, yeah. uh, you know, a little bit nuanced. I think he's done a terrible job, but I think he'll be able to tout that he's done pretty good by Floridians. So the inside ballpark here is that um, we're talking here is that the fact that he's gone on this national tour and he's 
um, stating that how Florida, he's like, look, Florida's doing great because of my leadership. In reality, the inside ballpark is that the major cities in Florida, which are Democratic leading cities, um, were the ones who took control of COVID because he did not want to um, take on any assertion of uh, leadership in regards to that. Thus, Daniel going on CNN and saying we're having a crisis of leadership, a lack of leadership there. Uh, but, you know, he's playing this like a heart from hell, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> because he's actually, um, you know, using this to bolster his national appeal. And coinciding with that, he's he's seeing that this, um, the Republican base, they're looking for a new dear leader. And I use that term very clearly. And so, uh, you know, here we are. And he wants to be that guy. Yeah. He obviously is running for president in two years or, four, or I guess, you know, what, 2024. Yeah. Keep thinking we're 2022 already, which is crazy when you think about it. We're six months away from being two years away from 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Such a crazy way to look at it. But but yeah, he's obviously, you know, running for president and he's setting himself up well, I think. Um, I think Trump, um, his days are numbered. Um, I don't think. DeSantis is going to take a step back if Trump does decide to run for president no, again. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, overall, politically, he has played this really well. He used Trump to his advantage to get into the governor's office. He didn't really do a lot of campaigning. He made that one commercial where his little, little kid was building the blocks or whatever, building yeah. the wall. Mm-hmm. And look where we are now. Let's talk about that because, I, and I'm going to um, bring you back in here, um, Daniel, because what a lot of people don't realize about DeSantis, his. Um, emergence into the scene he was a i would say he was a congressman and i think he was a congressman from 2010 to 2014 yeah. he, he wasn't there that long Not at all. um and he wasn't that much he wasn't beloved in the in the congressional halls no. um you know he was not that well liked um he didn't create a number of different relationships in fact there was even conversations that he had to run because he wasn't going to get that party funding um, from the uh, from the uh, Republican leadership, and so he had to like exit that seat, yeah. and so he found himself um, in a Republican primary against an Adam Putman, who had done everything he needed to do in order to assert himself as the presumptive nominee for the Republican primary. Poor Adam. Yeah, poor Adam. <laughs> you know, and so then Adam Putman actually then um, obviously he starts out he has all the funding in the beginning. Then here's this guy. Uh, DeSantis, who says, I need to make a name for myself, so let me go ahead and be as, um, I guess, divisive as possible and latch myself onto the uh, dear leader in Trump at the time. And for those who don't realize, DeSantis has been flirting with Trump for years, uh, since Trump ascended into the national politics. But DeSantis, I mean, but Trump wasn't returning his calls. Like, you know, I'm using relationship terms here. Sure. And so... It, and to the point where he voted for Trump 94% at a time when he was in that congressional seat. Then he obviously gets into the, um, the Republican primary, launches himself by, you know, asserting himself as I'm Trump's guy. Trump is a person who identifies with ego and says, yeah. oh, anybody who – because Adam Putman was doing everything. To stay, he was standing off, stay, you know, away from staying Trump. away from Trump. He yeah. was like, I'm not going to operate like that. That's not my type of leadership. Um DeSantis said, oh, you're not going to operate that lane? Cool. I will op- occupy that lane uh, for you. And it became a fateful decision not only for Adam Putman, but also for the state of Florida, because that is essentially, you know, um, you know, history had has taken forth. And now we have a governor who is on the brink of 
getting possibly not on the brink, but he he's looking very strongly in reelection. So I'm going to tie you back in here, Dan, because I know you started the thing called uh, RemovedRon.com, or is that, am I getting it right? Or? Yeah, it's a political committee called Removed Ron, yes. Yeah. So let's just talk about, um, let's talk about first, well, <laughs> DeSantis, DeSatan's uh, authoritarian, authoritarian, uh, uh, I cannot say the word authoritarian authoritarian <laughs> rule um, and the way he's occupied this lane that has been I don't know if it's been departed by Trump, but really just um, it's now defunct and they're looking for a new new uh, leader. What are your thoughts on that? I think that. There is one person that in the political realm who is still in the political realm in this country who who should not be written off yet. And that's Donald Trump. Mm. I think that Ron DeSantis, as you noted, had no, he kind of fell into the spot for for Trump. Mm. Trump put him in office. Trump theoretically could remove him from office. Mm. I mean, I mean, he, not in in a certain extent, if you remember, yeah. Remember, if you remember last year during the elect, uh, these rallies, he said, he said, Ron, if I lose Florida, I'm going to fire you. Right. <laughs> right. Ron DeSantis has done a fairly good job so far of threading that needle of appealing to the Trump base, but not alienating Donald Trump. Mm. Yes. Donald Trump's loyalty is a short fuse. So... I agree that Ron DeSantis wants to be president. He would like to run in 2024. He needs to win in 2022 to get there. Yeah. But Donald Trump doesn't like to share the spotlight. So I don't know how long this guy is going to be able to thread that needle until that needle gets poked back in his eye by Mr. Trump. Because, um, you know, I, I think that he's done a good job of, yeah, he, he is. Look at what he's done. Okay, he signs the bill, the anti pro, the day of the closing argument of George of Floyd. The Derek Chauvin trial. Yeah. He holds a press conference with to sign this bogus bill, yeah. unconstitutional bill, because he was hoping that there would be a, a not guilty verdict and there would be protest yeah. and he could show up the law. He signs the trans, you know, the, the the bill the the day of the first day of pride. He he yeah. goes up. To, it's an intentional. Everything he does is intentionally yeah. targeted. Um, and I don't know if it's authoritarian or if it's. Um, He's knocking people, on the door of it. He's he's knocking on the door. You know, I agree with you. I'm not necessarily sure if we, you know, can label him as such. Uh, but I mean, he's he's skirting it. Uh, he's no, he, not... he is the He is the things he's done. He attacks he, people that criticize him relentlessly. He's attacked me. He's come after me. People that attack. He is has authoritarian. He I think he is a, wants to control things. You want people in power who are hesitant to use power. Yeah. And, you have people like Trump who had power, and we're finding out what he did. He wanted to send people to Guantanamo Bay. That had right. He wanted to shoot protests. I mean, you right. don't want people in power who want more power. 
Yeah. And that's the Trump. DeSantis had a little bit of he's a nobody. I mean, he's a 42 year old. He, he's never had a job. He's a, he's he's he went to the good schools. He's a good baseball player. He's bright. He has a nice looking family, but he was a two term congressman. Yeah. He got picked up by Trump and put in office. And he said, I like this guy. He, he won. That's why he won. Yeah. And he can get thrown out just as easy. Trump could say, hey, this guy, he wants to run against me. Yep. Well, good luck. I'm going to put my daughter up against you. I'm going to pick, you know, Mac, maybe Matt Gates doesn't get indicted or maybe he gets indicted. And Trump says, I like Gates. Right. I mean, if Trump says to his people, I want I don't like this sentence anymore. He, he, he killed 40,000. I mean, boom. I mean, DeSantis beat Gillum by 33,000 votes. Yeah. Rick Scott, who spent every nickel, you know, millions of dollars, beat Bill Nelson by ten thousand votes. Right. Donald Trump beat Biden by three, four hundred thousand. Trump is not the same. I mean, there is only, you know, there's only one Richard Nixon. There's only one Bill Clinton. There's only one Donald Trump. I mean, Ron DeSantis is a hat. I mean, he he's a dangerous person. He's extremely dangerous. I put him in the category of Josh Hawley, yeah. Ted Cruz, yeah. the nice looking, the Harvard educated. You know the, the the Harvard mouth, but they're hacks. I mean, this guy is he's he's ascending, but in politics, their timing is important. And so, yes, I started a committee after this debacle of what he's done. You know, we talk about we did the state of Florida. We have almost forty thousand deaths. I mean, this variant. I mean, it's still going. On. He yeah, Miami closed, Tampa closed, Orlando closed. I sued the guy. He the the day of my first hearing, he did the temporary stay at home armor. Governor DeSantis like say he didn't lock down the state. He locked down the state. I remember the exact time he did it because I had a hearing on April first, a case management conference, and like an hour before it, he issues a stay at home order. Where the day before he said he would never do it. We had a statewide stay at home order for a month. Yeah. That's a fact because I sued. I mean, was I involved? Can I prove that my suing him did that? Well, I can't prove it. The, right. the timing seems pretty clear. Um, and then he and he did open the state. So I mean, if you look at the population of Florida, if you I've never actually done this, but Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Miami, Pensacola, Orlando, they were all had stay at home orders. This guy, they did it in spite of this man. So th this man, Ron DeSantis, is he has a he he looks good on TV. He puts on the makeup. He 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 says that he towels towel to the base with these crappy, you know, racist, you know, authoritarian. Um, these these going up to. He's up here in Pensacola. This what a couple of days ago, getting our our people to go to Texas and Arizona to protect right. the border. Right. He's basically a Fox News anchorman who's the governor who has some degree of intelligence. And but Trump put him in office. I mean, Trump can come out of office. And, and if he thinks that he's going to be able to thread this needle and be the, you know, the straw poll that comes out where he's ahead of Trump, good luck. I mean, because Trump has loyalty to nobody except right. himself. And this guy, you know, he said, if you look at the tapes last year, I, I, all these these rallies, he said at least two or three times that Ron, he said in front of thousands of people, he said, if I lose Florida, I'm going to fire you, Ron. I'm going to fire you. Yeah. That's how he thinks. Yeah. I'm going to fire him. So I started to remove Ron. I, at some point, maybe Donald Trump will be the one who actually removes Ron. I don't really care who does it right. because this guy is a 42-year-old. He's not only not only is, not only is he authoritarian, he's unqualified. Yeah, he's running the third largest state in the country. We have over 20 million people. It's he has no qual. He has no business experience. He has no work history. I mean, he went. He worked at Holland Knight for a year, and then he worked at. 
I don't know what he's done. We're looking into it. Trust me. We're look, but he has done nothing. He, he was a two, three. He's done nothing, and he goes in there. And he, what what is happening? Yeah, it's he's being led by people that give him a bunch of money, yeah. and these he, people that didn't want to close the state and came down here. And this these heritage. Basically, if you look at all these things, this this voting bill, this yeah. anti protest bill, this the, everything that is going through the Florida legislature is coming from somewhere else. Exactly, yeah, it's not him. It's not him. Yeah. No, it's not him. No, he has not. He's not it, drafting. He doesn't even read these things. It's the Heritage Foundation. The Coke, I, I don't I'm think not a conspiracy theorist. Right. I'm a realist. A all these bills that are going through what with the they're doing now in Florida, what, they all got name. What is it? The the voting bill. Then there, there's a new um the what's the one now with the um, the one they're doing with the critical race. I mean, critical race theory. Yeah, yeah critical yeah, race. Yeah. Critical race theory. I, I would, I would beg. I would, I would urge any reporter to ask Ron DeSantis what is critical race theory. He wouldn't be able to he, explain he it. No, he wouldn't be he able to explain know. it. Like we, it's, we did a whole podcast about it. All these things are DeSantis yeah. are coming through workshops and yeah. lobbyists and big money, and they're saying. We're going to try this thing. Where we're going to try to do it with mail, you know, mail drop voting. When mail, the mail, the, the, the in 2006, it was the Republicans that made all these it easier to vote by mail. I mean, that it wasn't Democrats. Right. So he, he just he's just a pawn, and he's you know in a uh, in a, a cog in a wheel. And I am committed to get him all to make sure that this guy does not get re. I mean, his 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 reign of power ends. Because I know how dangerous he is. Because he, I, I went to Stanford. Josh Hawley, these guys, Josh Hawley, they, they, they say they are able to. They know better. I mean, they, they know. Yeah. Josh Hawley, when he went into that and he put his arm up, and he yeah. went into the into the Senate, he legitimized that 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 process. Yeah. If Josh Hawley had not done what he did, not, he, Josh Hawley is a prep school kid. He, he went to Stanford. He worked for the U.S. Supreme Court. Those guys, they they know better. And but what they're doing is they're manipulating people who don't know better into yeah. dangerous actions. And that's what this is. Remove Ron is part of a a movement, and we've got almost uh, eight thousand contributors. We've got we've raised a couple hundred thousand dollars. We're 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 doing traditional, non traditional things. We flew a plane over. Said TikTok, Matt Gates. I mean, I live in Matt Gates's district. Mm. Matt Huckabee used to be one of my neighbors till he moved because he I know I, I live in deep red and I know I'm not doing this as a fool's errand. Right. And so we're gonna hit this guy with everything we got because it's not just Ron DeSantis. It's my kids, your kids, yeah. your family, because this democracy we have, we don't have to have a democracy. I, I'm not sure we have one much anymore. <laughs> And, it, and, it, and when, you have, when you have 40 year old guys like Ron DeSantis running around trying to ban, you know, you know, look what he did. Just as every, I wake up every day and say, I wish this guy would do something right. I mean, <laughs> the other day, I guess he goes out. And if you look at what he, he tweets, this pitch, he says, we caught the guy who shot the people of Daytona. Did, did you see what he tweeted? No. And he puts a picture of him. It's a black. He puts a picture of him. up. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that he was from a black extremist group. Like, he was sure to point that part out. Yeah. Well, oh, he had two pictures of him. Yes, yeah. he had two pictures of him. Yeah. He, I didn't see any pictures of these, the, the, the 46 Floridians that are up there in, in Washington, D.C. Um, this guy is a racist. I mean, yeah. and he, he, I mean, it's clear as day. I mean, and, and we have a lot, Florida has a racist history. Yeah. 
We do. The United States has a race history. And for him to say there's no systemic racism, I mean, he's he's doing he. Well, let me just let me just jump in here. So, he, he has to be racist to win. Right. So that's what he that, that I would say this about Ron um, and Jason, you and I have talked about this privately. When he ran for office, he had no platform. And he so then he in when he and he still doesn't. He and didn't need one. He didn't need one. And it's yeah. when he jumped into office, you know, what barely beating Gillum, who Gillum actually had a platform. Yeah. He took right. he took some things from Gillum's like I like that. Like I'm mean, if there was if Gillum had a hundred percent of platform, he took probably like five percent mm-hmm. of like Gillum's platform because I can use what that. What was the first thing Ron DeSantis said when Gillum was the nominee? What did he say on national TV? He said don't, don't monkey, monkey this up. Yeah. Yeah, you think that was a mis- that was an no. accident? Nobody, nobody thought it was an accident. And and for someone who's Yale educated and Naval Academy, he understands the power of words. And yeah, and he was able to. He knows how he can thread words, and then he can walk them back and be like, "That's not what I meant." You guys are focusing on the wrong things. Like we all, you're a lawyer, I'm a lawyer. Jason works in politics. We all understand how the power and the you know the the weapon that words yeah. can wield when directed at a certain source. Yeah. And so, um, but there was no repercut. There was no consequence right. for him for saying that. Right. And so, and there's no consequence for him to post, we're going to get this guy, this black militant, you know, person that shot. The, I mean, he, I've never, I, I follow him pretty right. I've never seen him put out a tweet with someone who's, you know, he doesn't make these statements about anybody. Else. I mean, he has in order for DeSantis to win, he has to be racist. Yeah, he does. He has to. Well, he has to generate an interest from well, that base. Yeah, he, I mean, part, part of that base is is racist. I, I think his cop out on this is that you know he's not Bull Connor, right? You know what I mean, like he's not overt with his. He's well, not George Wallace. He's not you know. Well, he, I don't. He would have been. You don't think? Where would he? I always look at people and say, you know, you know, we can't go back in time, but sure. Where would he? Okay, if he was at the University of Alabama, he would have held the door. Yeah, would he been? Would he be representing people in the in that time period as an attorney, trying to keep kids out or let them in? I mean, he would have kept them out. He absolutely would have. Well, but I, I guess that that's part of my point is that he doesn't have to be that now. Is that who was it? Was it, it was somebody that said you know Jim Crow has just put on a suit and tie and some um, uh, some wingtips now. So he, you know he's he's able to play that role. Uh, to your point about when he said don't monkey this thing up, and then he can say, well, wait a minute, you guys took that totally wrong. It wasn't me. Right. You know we're focused on the wrong things, and so he's able to skirt this line. So you know thread well, we the need, needle. He's I, able to, but we need to stop. We have to call. That's what I do. I, 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 we have to call him out on. We have I, to be the so, Democrats in Florida. We haven't had a Democratic governor since 1998 yeah. because Democrats are they don't they don't they play weak. Yeah, they don't. Have, well, Democrats have no plan. And well, we'll get, my, we can walk into that in a moment. We can walk into that. Okay. I want to. I want to. I want to focus so, on that. But go ahead, I just Jason. Wanna, Daniel. I just want to ask you a really quick question. How how do you play that with his base? How do you get folks to not necessarily switch over, um, but in the next election, uh, get them to believe that his leadership isn't right for Florida, or is that even your focus? Oh, it is my focus. To mislead. my focus is that his he has he's he's, he's unqualified. To do this job, he's he has no he has no empathy. He doesn't care about other human beings. It's shown by his la- he had a he lowered the flag to half mast for Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, before he did it for at that time thirty five thousand 
prepared for already. I think what competence, I mean, I think well, this is a long way from the election, but things happen between now and election. You know, of before course. the COVID virus, people, Trump probably Trump probably would have gotten reelected if he hadn't screwed up this virus so much. I yeah. agree. I agree. But ultimately, comp we're gonna competence matters, and I, I don't think this guy is competent. He can go around the country saying he did did a good job. He doesn't have a he, he has not competent. He it's, it's, this is a difficult job. He's running a third. So I think he's we're gonna go after him on his mistakes, his philosophy. We're going to go after areas where people, yeah, some people, you're, you're never going to change their mind. I know. I live here. I mean, but some Florida, historically, governor's race in Florida have been razor thin, mm -hmm. very close. The, the, the last blowout, I don't even know when the last blowout, there hasn't been a blowout in a long time because Florida is not a Republican. It's not a Democratic state. There's right. more registered Democrats in the state of Florida than Republicans. This is a, so this is we a have, fact. So we have to get people to vote. We have If everybody who is able to eligible in the state of Florida votes, DeSantis is done. He doesn't get reelected. It, it's just math. So that's why they're going through these these laws to make it a little bit more difficult. You know, is it that is it going to let's make it a little more difficult because he knows, you know, he won by 30. I mean, this is going to be one of the biggest elections of the year, if not the biggest next year. So it's, it's going to be a national election, not just a state election, because they don't this guy wants to be president. It's the third largest state. So how we're going to be hammering him in every form and fashion. We're building a network of supporters and we've got, you know, 80,000 people on our email list that we're, we're messaging. We're going to be running digital TV ads that are hard hitting targeted at people who are undecided. Like, like my wife, she, a few weeks ago, I guess when this Matt Gates thing came out, I've known he's a scumbag for 20 years. Since <laughs> I've known this year. I mean, you know, I said, I told my wife, I said, did you know Matt Gates and Don DeSantis are best friends? Go, oh, no, they're not. I'm like, yeah, I mean, stuff like that. Like, like you know, that. It, it, but it's amazing. It's amazing how people, like how Teflon he's been, right? Because even think something like Matt Gates, but like people don't realize. Like they were like, it's, it's weird. It's, he operates in this weird world where nothing it, sticks. <laughs> like was, nothing I, sticks with him. I disagree with you. Okay. I disagree with you. I, I think that he's beatable. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think he was beatable. Right. I think he's beatable, first of all, because Florida demographically is a, is there's more demographic. It's just numbers. I mean, California, you can't, I mean, you get, you know, Schwarzenegger one. He was, but it's New York. You're never, it's going to be a long time before we have a, you have a Republican governor of New York. I mean, they have Pataki and, you know, California, but Florida is not a, a state where, you know, We've had, I mean, Gillum almost won, and Gillum he lost by thirty thousand votes. Thirty-three thousand five hundred. Charlie Chris, Charlie Chris votes, yeah. lost by a very slim margin against Scott, yeah. and then so we have to we have to have a good candidate, and whoever that is, we're going to support. But it's really this is going to be a referendum on Ron DeSantis, just like twenty twenty was a referendum on Trump. And DeSantis, I know deep down, he's not he, he's not qualified. He, he, he is doesn't care about other. And he's ultimately just a politician that wants to go to the next level. I mean, so and I think so, Dan, I think people I think and he's not that nice. And, and he's not really that likable of a guy. Well, I mean, that's obvious. But here's my question. And we can talk about this with, with going into Democrats, because. I and and I I can give you you'll have I'm sure you have pushback on this. I am not so sure about Democrats chances um in this upcoming election mainly because 
and let, and let me just give you some road. Let me road uh, run this here. When I look at the when I look at uh, DeSantis, I'm a big boxing fan, right? I love okay. boxing. I love you know the, the styles make fights, right? And for me, I evaluate politics through the lens of boxing. And so I'm like, all right, if this person's a brawler, all right, you know, yeah, you can put another brawler against them, but actually you don't want to put a brawler against another brawler. What you want to do is put a technician against a brawler because that's how you beat a brawler. Because brawlers are going to go in head first and you want somebody who's smarter in the ring and who can bob weave and move, move their chin, move their shoulders and bait them into, um, into bad punches. Right. So, you know, you need styles makes fights, you know, and so the same way like you don't want to go against a technician with another technician. Mm-hmm. You want to put them against somebody who is a power puncher because, you know, they can t- they can deviate from that technical stance. So anyway, going into the uh, politics where I look at things and I say, all right, in order for somebody to beat DeSantis, you're going to need somebody with heart. You're gonna need somebody with with a actual heart, and what I'm not, and I'm not saying like caring, because that's one part of it. But the heart, in order to do the things that they're they're unwilling, that um, that most people are unwilling to do. One thing I liked about um, Gillum that most people overlooked, and this actually Lawton Childs was the, was very good about this as well, and and I'm surprised Democrats haven't incorporated this. Lawton Childs was considered what the walking governor because he walked 67 counties. Right. right, he went. To, he visited sixty-seven counties. One thing I, I, when I knew Gillum was going to win in a primary, is that Gillum ran a sixty-seven county campaign. He didn't run a top-down campaign. He ran ran a bottom-up campaign, and that takes a level of heart and work and vision and um, planning that sometimes Democrats fail to fail to um, understand. They they often think about. All right, let me get the best consultants. Let me put let me pour money into the state. Money doesn't win um, elections. I've been involved in elections. I can tell yeah. you the candidates that I've had, we've always been outspent. <laughs> we've always been outspent in in the beginning, right? And, but it's yeah. not how you win an election. You win p- election by galvanizing um, the public, having a message, cr- uh, having a clear, identifiable story that's attributed to you that can be recycled to anybody. I call it the thirty second pitch to the voter. And then creating a narrative and a, and a vision why you should be that person in that seat. And then once you do that, then you have to be willing to have the heart to go around to the different parts of that sector, whether it's within the district, within the state, within the county, and communicate that to the people. I have not yet seen that from any of the, the nominees. We have two right now in Nikki Freed, um, who's the current agricultural commissioner. Yeah, that's not going anywhere. And we have one in um, a retread in, you know, um, Charlie Chris, who's going trying to get his second stint at the governor. Now, I'm not saying that's not impossible because you mentioned California. California has done has had shown uh, they put Governor Davis back into the office when he was ran, ran a second time. I wonder about heart. The person that could have done it didn't have the heart to do it was Val Demings. She didn't have the heart to do it. She so she went with the she went with the easier route in well, in 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 uh, yeah. uh, Rubio, I think Val just saw how much money she was gonna have to raise against the Santas. It's gonna be, have to be like a hundred million dollar campaign. Yeah, and so she's like, yeah, I think too, that was the money. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm too far behind the eight ball. I think when when it comes to you know Democratic candidates, so to speak, for the governor's race, Charlie to me probably has the best shot just because I the money. Well, 
know, I think Charlie's really good at retail. Yeah, he's like, great. He's, he's a great really retail at politician. Retail. There's not yeah. a local politician around here, at least in Orlando, um, that he hasn't called. Um, Nikki doesn't have that type of. I, I think honestly, Nikki is closely aligned. She's more closely aligned to DeSantis than she is to Charlie. She's just looking for the next step, and I think. Wilton Simpson, who's the Senate president, is going to run for agriculture commissioner. She's going to lose. So in her mind, to me at least, and this is all just conjecture, she's like, I'm going to lose this seat. I may as well just go for the governor's uh, race. Um, I don't think she has a shot. You know, she raised, what was it, 200 some thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not going to be good enough. But I think Charlie is just a really good retail politician. I think Andrew is really good at retail. Yeah. Nikki's not that. Yeah. And if, if Democrats are going to... Uh, if, if we're talking about heart and about connection and about failed leadership and things of that nature, Charlie can make a really good case as to what DeSantis has failed at and what we need to do to get back to where Florida was, so to speak. I also think this state is I, I, I do think it's a red state, but even in Orange County, I don't think that this is necessarily a blue county. I, I consider this kind of purple because you have a lot of Democrats here who are moderates or actually lean right to the center. So, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe we're election or two away before we get a progressive. And I know Andrew was extremely close. I know he was extremely close. But also, know he backpedaled a little bit. You yeah. know, he wasn't as progressive in the general as he was in the primary. So, you know, Charlie probably has the best shot. I, I remember I worked on Charlie's 2014 campaign. And there was one interaction with the voter um, that I had that I'll just never forget. And... Uh, it was a black guy, and they were Democrats, and uh, he was in his drive. He was uh, working in his yard with his son, mm-hmm. and he saw me coming, and I'm introducing myself to him. He's like, okay, and I said, I'm here. He was like, you can get the H-E-L-L off of my property. There's no way in the world I'm voting for Charlie Chris. And that's when I knew, honestly, after I knocked on more doors, because we did this you know, for months, uh, that he just wasn't going to win, is that you know people just didn't want to retrade at the time. Yeah. Um, but they also weren't going to go back to what they knew Charlie was going to represent. Maybe right. we're in a different time now. We absolutely could be. Maybe to Daniel's point, people have people are thirsty maybe for new leadership that they feel like a vacuum has been created because DeSantis has been in office and the state to me hasn't moved forward. It hasn't progressed any. Um, again, you know, he can say that the state did not fall off a cliff when COVID was happening. I disagree with that, but I think for his base and the number of voters or the number of votes that it's going to take, uh, and I go back to Daniel's number is that, you know, Trump destroyed Biden in Florida. Right. I know that the governor's races are different, but I'm just curious to see who is the candidate and what's the strategy going to be coming from folks who want to beat DeSantis, um, in 2022. I just haven't seen it yet. Not saying that it's not going to come. But I know that it's it's going to be a really, really, really tough road. So I want to backpedal here and say, for those who don't know what retail politics are, retail politics is an intu- is a salesman. It's an intuitive way uh, or saleswoman, salesperson mm-hmm. of, of um, creating a relationship between yourself and the voters. It goes, um, you know, contacting the voter um, personally uh, or contacting a politician or a community leader and saying, Hey, how's it going? What's going on? How can I help you introduce yourself? One of the things I just want to say why I, I mentioned about Val, cause I know you said it was just the money thing. I said Val was going to struggle because she's not a good retail politician at all. And you know, that's just a point point blank period. And so, um, you're right. Charlie is a master. He's masterful at retail politics. He's been Very doing it long enough. Yeah. He understands the the importance of it, yeah. of personal connections. It's also natural to him. It's very it's natural. He's a yeah. natural. Um, he's a he's a natural politician in that way. So I actually 
you know, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm going to um, pivot to you, Daniel. Uh, what are your thoughts about what had just been said about um, the prospects of the people we just mentioned? And, um, you know, obviously well, there, are, there are opportunities are going against uh, DeSantis. Well, yeah, I'm friends with Charlie Crist and Nikki Freed and our committee. You know, we can't endorse. I, right, 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 right. But I've known, I've known, I Charlie Crist when he was um, Attorney General. Um, I had a case over here, um, actually two cases. When I first moved here to this to the painting, I grew up in Tallahassee, but I, I moved here full time in 2001 and. I had this guy call me. He was um, um, he was an airman, a black guy airman. He went to this this bar in Destin, and um, he'd gone there and, and he he went to work one day and it, and he, uh, apparently one of the bar owners had called his boss on base and told said that he can't come back there because he was talking to hitting on the white women. And then I had another situation where. Uh, the largest water utility company here, Destin Water Users, there were two guys and one American, he got hurt on a job and he came back to work one day after we'd filed a workers' comp claim and um, they had a hangman's noose in this this guy's workstation. Mm. And um, I sued them and 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 I, and I, 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 I Charlie Crist helped. He, he, he did not hesitate to help See that was wrong. The Attorney General's office intervened. Um, they ended up spending paying a lot of money for those those horrible. But and I've talked to Nikki Freed. I mean, she's Jewish. I'm Jewish. I and mean, we've talked about anti-Semitism. And yeah. um, I think both of them, like you say, have a heart and they care. You know, this is when Charlie Chris was a Republican. I mean, I don't think our current governor would have done anything, you know, in that situation. Right. <laughs> and I think that when you run for law and childs, I, um, when I was 17, I, I, I traveled the state with him. I was in high school and I flew with him and was on his campaign. I worked for him when he was at the Collins center and he would go to places. We would go to places all over the state. I mean, we yeah. go to little towns and yeah. middle of nowhere. And, and he would just, he didn't care if the person was a Republican or any, and he would just, and it came across that, um he cared he did care i mean you can't fake caring i mean yeah. i don't really think he, and i think charlie chris care he cares about this state i talk nikki free cares i mean they're, they're putting their necks out and i think they care you know and i think that's what you know joe biden i mean you were talking about tacticians joe biden wasn't a brawler he was a he he knew he, everyone's like why isn't joe biden being more aggressive with trump i mean it turned out that was the right play to be a little more. Yeah, you know, they said he was in his basement. I don't think he was in his basement. He just let the guy bear himself. I mean, right. he didn't really need, and he was also being safe with the virus. Right. So, I think DeSantis is a has um, my experience in analyzing dealing with him is that he's he lacks a basic empathetic gene or, or characteristic that is something you either have or you don't have. I agree. Do you want a governor? Do you want a bull Connor? Or you want a, you know, a guy that Donald Trump that just going to ram through and doesn't care. I mean, a lot of people like, a lot of people are attracted to how do people like Mussolini? I'm not saying to say that hit, how do totalitarian governments come into place? Because people are attracted to a strong man yeah. that tells them what to do. It's tough. 
We're going to lock them up. We're going to beat them up. We're going to throw them out. I mean, that that appeals to a lot of people who have, if you look at this, you know, this rally they had in Ohio yesterday. I mean, it was sad. I'm looking at the crowd of people. They're all white. They're all probably not particularly successful. I mean, by terms of financially or education. I mean, I don't know how many been vaccinated at all. Uh, but they they are they there's a lot of them and they're drawn to these types of you know you know when you get DeSantis up there and he goes up there on that anti-pro he sits up there with a room full of cops i mean they're everywhere i mean we're gonna you know the polk county cop who's you know you know who this guy i mean whatever his name is who's so everyone should have a gun i mean that's what this is election is going to be about and that's what 2020 is about do you want a a strong a guy that talks big but really isn't that big i mean you know Donald Trump talks talk, but he you know he had bone spurs. He, right. You know, Ron Matt Gates is attacking the, the the head of our military, and Matt Gates probably has never you know probably couldn't even didn't even go wasn't probably even a Cub Scout. I mean, I mean these guys that talk tough, they're not tough. No, deep, deep down they're weak. Ron DeSantis deep down is weak. Donald Trump deep down is weak. Yeah, but they play on weak people and get them to support them. So I know Charlie Chris for a long time, and he is not perfect. Nobody's perfect. I know if Nikki Free, I don't know where he's long, but they care, and they are not perfect. But are we going to elect somebody that cares? Are we going to continue to go down a road where we have these big talkers who who are um, – I mean, that's the election. I mean, and so – He's going to, I think he can be beat. I know he can be beat. Because anybody that can be, anybody can be beat. I just want to make sure that I'm clear about that. You know, everybody, everybody. Can be, I mean, yeah. look at it this way. Two years, okay. If somebody told all three of us that we would have a Jewish guy, a young 30, I don't know how old guy is, also. Is he 30 yet? Is he 35? A Jewish guy and a black guy, U.S. senators from Georgia two or three years ago, would, MU, would we even believe that? Right. Would you believe no, I, w- I wouldn't have believed it. Right. No, would you believe that? No, I wouldn't. Okay, have I wouldn't. Have. Right. So, I mean, George, I think we un- we have to. It's it's a fine line between inspiring people and and moving people to take action. And so, I think deep down, people care about other people. So let me, let me ask you though, because one of the things you, you and Jason bring up is about you know maybe people are willing to move on from this type of strongman type of argument. But the issue I'm having is that Florida is still an attractive destination. There are like millions of people moving here every year, right? Tens of thousands of people moving every day yeah. to the state. Um, he, it's appealable for a number of different reasons. And for a lot of people who actually are residents here, you know, if you talk to Joe Schmo, you know, we talk to the regular person just on the street they don't know really know what's going on with his hands. They don't pay attention, right? Mm-hmm. And so they have this. They're lulled into thinking like everything's peachy clean, everything's everything's great. Like you know, I'm this. We're thriving, you know. Yes, it, uh, um, COVID sucks, but guess what? My business didn't shut down, or I didn't. He did, and they see a person getting on TV talking about pounding his chest, saying it's me because it's I'm the reason that COVID didn't shut down. Not not your mayors. I'm the reason, and so my. I guess my I don't like to talk in fear, but my worry is that people are going to uh, be seduced into thinking that I don't have to change out governors because things are great. And that's where I, I, I wonder about with people. 
You mentioned you assume people are going to be great. I don't know. What you're this is June twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. Right. How many what, our elections? I mean, sorry, twenty twenty one. The election is November twenty twenty two. If you would have gone back between November twenty twenty and however many days before that, you know, the, the conventional wisdom with Donald Trump was going to win. I mean, right, right. right. So. The one thing that is, is un, the one thing is certain is uncertainty. I mean, mm. you know, and there's so many things in this world that can happen, that will happen, that we have, that we have no idea are going to happen. I really like and your I, optimism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I said I really like your optimism. I have to have optimism. I mean, I, I, it's it, it's not just optimism. It's survival. I mean. This is not, I mean, what people asking, why are you doing, why are you going against the governor and all these people, Daniel? Why don't you just go play golf? And why don't you go have a beer? Why don't you, I mean, because it's about survival. I mean, my grandfather, I mean, my grandfather was a teenager. He got on a boat, went to Ellis Island, ended up in West Palm Beach. He died before I was born. He, he you know, he came to this country and voted in every election. He sat at war in the 50s. When they were trying to integrate the, the lunch counters in West Palm Beach, he sat at the lunch counter. My my father was a student by president during the nineteen the, the Vietnam War, and he he went after. I mean, it's survival. I mean, this is survival. I mean, this is and if people don't do what what I'm doing or you're doing or we don't have to be like you said comfortable. I mean. These people that went to bed what last week sitting in a condo on the beach, did they yeah. think they were going to? Yeah. That thing collapses. Yeah. And what? Look what the governor did. And the governor, what did he do? He yeah. got on a plane and flew to Pensacola down the road yeah. and said, "I'm going to send 50 right. armed people to tech this guy. There's going to be so many tests, and I'm telling you, I'm going to. This is I'm going to test this guy as much as it'll allow between now and November because I." I owe it to Leroy Collins, who, when I was a teenager, my dad told me, he said, I'm going to take you to meet this guy once a week or once a month, and you're going to sit with this man, you're going to listen to him. And, I, and it was Leroy Collins. He was on oxygen. And Leroy Collins, I think, was the best governor of the state of Florida. He, he, and he had a tough time. He During the 50s and 60s, he voted to against conventional wisdom to, to allow, he was one of the first Southern governors to move the right direction civil rights. And Lawton Childs, I used to fly around with that guy. You know, he would, you know, he. I mean, Florida, I haven't given up on Florida yet, let me just say. I, right. I think it's easy to do it. I mean, you know, hey, DeSantis, you got to DeSantis is not, he doesn't want to be governor, first of all. He just wants to be president. I don't know what yeah. this guy wants. I mean, but. but he wants I know power. Charlie he wants Chris, power. That's what he wants. Yeah. He wants power. And Charlie Chris has won three statewide elections. Name anybody else in that. Nikki Freed won a statewide election. Yeah. I mean, I think if you underestimate either of those people at your peril, and I don't know who else is going to run, but but I mean, you know, you could pick a person off the street and that'd be better what we have right now. I mean, <laughs> just <laughs> because he doesn't care. He doesn't, I mean, he, people, yes, if the economy is, we don't know how the economy is going to be next year. I don't know. I mean, we don't know. I mean, but but I am optimistic because. I don't want my kids living through another four years of this guy. Yeah. But I don't want your kids. I don't want your, I don't want any Florida. I mean, the guy, he should be a Fox news contributor. He could probably make more money. He could be 
I mean, there's a lot of things he could do with his skill set. But why does he need to run a state with 20 million people? Because he really wasn't. Look at how he got there. Right. Look at how he got there. He got, like you said, Adam Putnam was, you know, kind of in line. Um, and then Trump said, I like this guy. And you look at the time and he gets money from these guys, the Russian guys gave him all this money. You know, Giuliani helped him. Yeah. Matt Gates helped him. Matt, there's two, Ron DeSantis wouldn't be governor, but for, if you limit, if you took two people out of the equation, there's no way he would have been governor. Donald Trump and Matt Gates. Matt Gates got him in office. Donald Trump got him. Matt Gates, look, where is he going? I mean, should, who knows? Hopefully he's Where's going Trump to prison. Going? He should go to prison, but I don't know. But so he's a bad, DeSantis is a bad dude. Yeah. Do we want a bad guy running our state? I don't think so. Nobody wants that. It's just it's about you know whether or not the um, you know, and I I love that you have you, you, the optimism here because you have no choice but to be optimistic, right? That's what that's what politics are. But you know, we just wonder about the failability of you know I guess his his campaign right now I mean, because I, right now he's he's. Would you out- want somebody that got what is? I mean, okay, I don't think people. We have to educate people. We have to tell people these things, what he's doing. I mean, yeah, I agree. we can't just, I mean, we have to just continue to, because if people look at the facts and say, hey, well, he kept this. No, he really didn't do that. He, right. he didn't keep the state open. He, he, he wanted people to, he wanted herd immunity. He yeah. wanted everybody to get it and get it. I mean, so you have to go out and get the mayors and say, no, Miami. You have to fight misinformation with facts. Yeah. Oh, that he only has misinformation. He doesn't have the facts. I think if we if we drill down a little bit further on um, you know some of the elections maybe we've had in the past, I know we've we've talked about Gillum, uh, we've mentioned Charlie in his run in twenty fourteen. Um, man, it feels like that's been so long ago. But even um, not Nan Rich, I don't know why I want to say Nan. Um, man, the former CFO that. Brandon Alex Scott, Singh. Alex Singh, Alex, Alex Singh, Singh yeah. you know, against Rick Scott, the margins, they just keep shrinking, you know, each. And I think that, you know, part of our optimism, I think collectively, not necessarily just for Daniel, is that we have this thought that because the demographics continue to shift, yeah. that more folks who may be inclined to vote for someone who may be a little bit more progressive <laughs> or moderate will vote for the Democrat and yeah. that it's just a matter of time. I'm not necessarily sure that's true, but I also know that. Each election that a Democrat loses, there's always a group that we tend to blame. And they're usually multiple groups. Right. You know, the Haitians in South Florida didn't come out to vote. You know, maybe the margins in Orange County could have been a little bit larger. Broward County, they only voted at 58 percent. They should have voted at if they would have voted at 62, Gillum would have been in office. So normally they voted at around 60 percent percentile in 2008. But in 2018, they decided to vote at 58 percent. Right. So when we look at these numbers and we look at how these elections have gone, I kind of look at, you know, the comfort of where we are. So we've all been, obviously, we've all been impacted by COVID. There's not a single person in the state that has not had some type of impact on on their lives by COVID. But it's at different levels. You know, I I went home for a couple of months and worked from my home office, which was my bedroom. And then I went back to work after that. Right. Um, You know, and, and again, I know our experiences are different. You know, there are other folks, though, who have been, seriously impacted by his decisions to Daniel's point is that we've yeah. we've lost moms, dads, coworkers, friends, aunts and uncles, 
um, because of his lack of leadership during this. And that goes all the way up to Trump as well, because they weren't taking the virus as serious. At first, they were saying it was just the flu. And obviously, we knew that wasn't true. So when we go to the polls next year, and I like what Daniel said about we have plenty of time between now and then for things to happen. And there's going to be something else to happen. There was this building, unfortunately, that collapsed that I saw someone the other day say, you know, when DeSantis first got in the office, he had a deregathon, and that's the reason why the building that's not the reason that's the not building the reason. collapsed. No, right. Yeah, right. can't we don't want to fight misinformation. We can't get trapped into Absolutely. fighting misinformation with misinformation. Yeah, yeah. And I think that what we'll find ourselves doing is or DeSantis at least, what we will fight against is is comfort. Yeah. Meaning you know, the person who was down in Palm Beach who was driving a Bentley, maybe they had to downgrade to an Aston. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it, it's, yeah. I, for some of those voters, it's just a matter of how bad did it impact you mm-hmm. and what's going to make you get up off of your couch to actually go out and vote this man out of office. Right. I, you know, I think for the three of us collectively, we probably know plenty of folks that cannot wait until that day comes that you can vote against him. Right. And I've, I've always had, well, not always, but I have this thought that. You know, you don't you don't necessarily need to go out and vote against someone. You vote for someone. Mm-hmm. But the way our politics has gone lately is that we yeah. go out to vote against an ideology or vote against the politician. Right. And we're there with DeSantis, I think, for the yeah. three of us, at least. So, you know, what are we going to do to fight against that mm. comfort? Like it's so many folks, you know, are like me where we went home for a little bit. God blessed us. I didn't get COVID. Thank God. I was able to get the vaccine. I was wearing a matter of fact, I got a mask on me now. Um, and I see that the Delta variant has has come in there saying that even if you're vaccinated, maybe you need, still need to wear a mask. So if you haven't been technically impacted by this, your business wasn't shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, DeSantis wasn't bad for you. Right. Wasn't bad for you personally. Right. I mean, it could have been bad for your business, you know, industry or whatever. How in the world are we going to get folks to go out and actually vote against that man when you haven't necessarily been impacted by it. And I get it. There's going to be a ton of stuff that happened between now and then that could potentially be used against them. Um, but, you know, and I like what Daniel said again, is that we, we cannot use misinformation to fight misinformation because they're going to win that game each time. They're right. winning it now. Right. Good messaging. Exactly. Well, right. Let me give you a little hope here. So I, 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 I'm not trying to be too full of myself, maybe, but I, I have grown up around politics my and I'm not saying I'm a prognosticator, but I've worked for, I've only chosen to really work my ass off on certain elections. And, the, and they've all won, let's just say. And I, I mean, <laughs> Law and Trials, that, Charlie Christian is a Republican. I work for Bill Clinton. This guy is, is vulnerable. I'm just telling you that yeah. because he, he, the person, I mean, the per, it's going to be about the person. Mm-hmm. And I voted, I worked my ass off to get rid of Trump. I mean, so it's but, going to be a choice. It's basically going to be a choice. And you've got Val yeah. Deming, so I think is a, she's going to be at the top of the ticket. Yeah, she's a, so, I, weird enough, though, right? Because she's running a Senate campaign, but she's the top of the ticket. She's the top of the ticket. It's not Trump. It's Val Deming. And hope, I mean, we, are all, we all are big Val Deming. I mean, she is – she's – politics now, it's not just about policy. It's about – Thing. It's about like the it, the, the, the fame and likability. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not, no, it's not. It's like a, it's entertainment. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, you know, and Val Demings has that it factor that very, you know, she's an internet. I mean, she's just a superstar in a lot of, you know, and, and so she's going to be at the top of the ticket. 
And she's going to be very instrumental, I think, in getting the African-American community out to vote for maybe a white Democratic governor candidate. Hopefully, I mean, you know, I don't know if there's, you know, so Val Deming, we, I think, you, you know, she's not running for governor. Running for senator, yeah, yeah. But she's going to help. That's the, you know, hope, you know, that, that um, but because it's not going to be a president. on. But I think, I think people, I think if we are able to effectively unmask this, let me give me that word, unmask Ron DeSantis. Who is this guy? What is he about? I mean, what drives this person? I know what drove Law and Childs because I was traveling. I know what motivated Bob Graham. I know what Charlie Crit. Do we want just a, a politician that may, I mean, we're saying now people are, I mean, we don't, I mean, people are saying, you're saying that you're trying to compare now's economic situation, something a year and a half from now, which is just, there's no way to do that. Let, let me ask you, let me ask you this though. And this is for, to both you guys, um, starting with Jason and then to uh, Daniel. Um, why, you know, we talked about Lawton Childs. We've talked about, I'm glad you brought up Bob Graham. Um, why haven't we seen the current crop of gubernatorial candidates operate in the same lens of you know campaigning that's that has shown to work what do you mean about that i'm talking about the you know the 67 county yeah. you know in engagement platform like i i like what what is it so, that's stopping them from doing that i, I agree yeah because bob graham did the work you know yeah, i agree like bob graham is a harvard educated very wealthy man but he did these work days he liked getting garbage trucks and right that humanized him Right. You know, long tiles walk the state, you know, that humanized him. I agree. I think that's something that they're going to have to do. I mean, I mean, they don't have to put a Grim Reaper costume on him. Right. You know I, mean? <laughs> I think but it's I mean, easier I agree, now. I agree. Though. I think people, they have to, it's a, it's a gimmick. I mean, long tiles walk the state. Right. But gimmicks work, though. Like Republicans voted for law and they're like, this guy, I'll, I can have a beer with this guy, you know. Right. Like, Bill, you know, you have to humanize these people. Because yeah, I agree, it's a gimmick. I don't know. You know, Val Demings has this Harley. She should ride that Harley all around the state. That's what I said to her. You know, so. But you know, you I, know. I think it's much easier now for politicians to get that type of um, showcase or spotlight, right? Than it was then. Like you know, walking the entire state—that's a news story that everyone wants to you know kind of take hold of. Right. Uh, to Danny's point about you know Val potentially riding her Harley throughout the state—that would I be brilliant. This was. That would be brilliant. I suggested that. Yeah, I suggested that. I think if this was 20 years ago, it would be even better just because, you know, we're in a 24-7 news cycle now. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it, if without Fox News, DeSantis wouldn't be governor. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without Trump, DeSantis, and without Gates, DeSantis wouldn't be governor. But you don't have to do that anymore. You know what I mean? You, you, there, there are so many different outlets, uh, and this. I this, think you do need. I disagree. I, I think you I do disagree. Need yeah. Well, no, no, no. So, so when I when I say you don't have to, meaning it's it's easier for them not. So, I agree. Oh, I, that see, I see what you're saying. Be, I know what you're saying. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, like okay. there, there needs to be some type of connection, and I think walking, you know, all 67 counties, having work days, right? I, I think that those things are important. I'm not saying that they aren't. What I'm saying is that it's it's basically it's, it's much easier to be lazier. Because I, got I can it. call a producer from. Well, that's why they're losing, though. Absolutely. That's why Democrats Facts. are losing. Absolutely. Facts. Yeah. Florida, I, I the can... Democrat in Florida is, is a, is, I mean, I was a Democrat. I was a. That's what Democrats need to do. Maybe Republicans don't need to do it, but Democrats, because Republicans are going to have the people that make a ton of money that don't, 
that are, don't want to pay taxes. Right. You know, that's their bet. And then the racist, the anti-Semitic, you know, that's their base. You know, the, right. the, the racist, really rich people that, that don't care about other people. I mean, that you don't have to go travel the state to meet those people. No, I mean, right. you just have to turn on the TV and put on one channel. But the Democrats, in order to to turn people, you have to go on the ground. And that's what we look. That's why we lose. Exactly. We have more people to vote for us. Right. But they don't get to them. And you, that's that's exactly I mean, that's exactly why one of the reasons why we lose is because we don't try. I mean, I can just tell from this grim reap, I'd show up and all these people. I mean, get all these people just showing up. I mean, like, yeah. what, who's this guy? They like it's like the theater. Of it. But, you I mean, know, and I was even saying, like, that's one of the things about, that hurt Andrew. You mentioned um, Jason, but I think one of the things that hurt him in the general, when I said, I call, I said, Andrew was going to win in the, in the primary. And I said, he's going to lose in the general because he stopped doing what got him into the gen- yeah. general. Yeah, he, did, he stopped doing that. Yeah. He stopped going to count. He stopped doing, you know, uh, uh, going walking and not walk, but going traveling. He started doing large fundraisers. And I said to, to people, right, exactly. he went to George Soros. Who, who is the best? We, one of the best of this in our American history and what we're just talking about. I don't know. Who, who? Barack Obama. Oh, Bar- yeah, Barack. Barack. He was a community organizer. He, he did That's exactly right. what we're talking about. Yeah, he won Florida. He won Florida twice. twice. Yeah, yeah. Bill Clinton won Florida twice. Yeah, yeah. Because they they went th- that 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 and I, that's what we need to do. We have to 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 emulate Barack Obama's on the ground. You know, Bill Clinton's on the ground. Law and child. I mean, because you know, these people, it hasn't been that long. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I, I agree with you 100%. But they don't do it. They, they're lazy. People yeah. are lazy. They want, That's what I'm saying. They I, want just, to be, I think it's so much easier to be lazy now than it was then. That, yeah. Like I said, you can call a producer from MSNBC and get on one of the news shows and get a six o'clock hit, and you think, okay, everybody's going to watch that. And then I don't have to put in that type of work to go door to door. Like, I'm. My start in politics was in field, so I think that you have to do those things yeah. in order to make that connection. Um, so if you don't, then, yeah, we're going to continue to lose. So whether it's Charlie or Nikki or whomever decides to, to get in, if you do decide to take the 35,000 drop leaflet strategy where you're just doing mail and commercials and things of that nature, yeah. then that just doesn't work for us. We we need to put hands on you. We need to see you. We need yeah. to feel actually what you're talking about. And like you said, Gillum was really good at that in the in the primary. He was really good at it. Let me tell you when I knew he was going to lose. Yeah. When I saw him on Bill Maher in the midst of a general election, and I sat there and I texted some friends. I said, what the hell is Gillum doing in Bill Maher in a Florida <laughs> election? Like, yeah. what is he doing? Like, what is he doing in, on yeah. Bill, Bill Maher? Like, I know it was money, but because obviously he went out there to fundraise as yeah. well. Yeah. But the problem I had, I said, Floridians... We're a very distinct group. We don't want, you know, we, we think we don't want outside people telling us what to do. Yeah. And when you run, you have to run a local election. You have to run it like it's a local, like you have to, to your yeah. point, Daniel, you have to make, people have to feel like, like he's yeah. one of us or she's one of us, you know? And they have to feel like this person is not being controlled by outside entity, especially for a Democrat. The Democrats have feel authentic. Like we have to right. feel like his fabric on on your on our on our sleeves. Well, I know still people that still say, yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I met Law and Childs. I mean, people still talk about the time they walked with Law and Childs. Yeah. So like to the day, you know. Yeah. And because it, it humanized. I mean, and they could they could stand next to the person and judge him, you know, for who he is. Yeah. Not on a stage like Trump does with these 
secure. I mean, you can't get near Ron DeSantis. He, no. he, you can't get to him. No. He won't. I mean, he doesn't release a schedule. He doesn't have. He doesn't do. He, he's not going to do that. Even his so. pre, even the press. I you know people don't realize this. He any county he goes to, he locks out local press, and he but he invites Fox News cameras. Right, and it's his base. It's his base, and it's so weird how people don't realize. Like, do do you guys realize? Like, if he comes to Orange County, and we have uh, West News, and you know, um, you know, Channel Thirteen News, and all these other news stations, Channel Nine, and Mm -hmm. whatnot, he will not (laughs) have Channel. He'll not have West News and Channel Thirteen. He'll have Fox News cameras. They'll prominently centered on him, and he'll make it a a a national (laughs) headline based off of his signing of a local bill. Right. And so one of the things I, I just Republicans can get away with that. But Democrats, we can't get lured into that concept of having a national appeal. You mentioned it, Daniel. This is going to be a national election. This is going to be a national election because there's going to be a lot of eyes on Florida. I'm worried by that very concept that Democrats are going to get lulled into that because that's something that a consultant told me with Andrew. When I asked him explicitly, why the hell is Andrew on uh, on Bill um, Bill Maher campaign, and why is he getting featured in the New York Times and all this other crap? And I and they split it to Kamara. It's a national campaign. I said, yeah, but you know what? You're gonna you're gonna alienate Florida voters. That's when I say national campaign, we need to make it like the Georgia Senate race. Thing. Right, right. But I know, but I know what you meant. I know, but I'm saying that's where Democrats all can't right. get lured into that. Like we can't get lured into it's a national campaign, so we have to have a national appeal. Like that can't be no, the no, thing. Not, yeah, no, that's yeah, I, I, yeah. No, no, I, I know. I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with it's you. It's a national campaign where I just think that if people deep down are, are we going to want somebody that wants to take away? I mean, he and DeSantis talks about he's giving people more right. That you know, he tra- couches this like, okay, you know, having these masks or taking if you have to wear a mask it's taking away rights i mean yeah he's you know he's the, the cruise line well we're that's infringing i mean but when you look at the rights he's trying to take away mm-hmm. like vote fundamental right voting rights i mean rights to protest rights to to be you know he's he wants universities to now survey their thoughts yeah i mean Let's, I don't think. Let me play a clip of that. Actually, I have a clip for that. Let me play that clip if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here we go. So. Oh, nope. That's not it. <laughs> Finally, I'm signing House Bill 233. The bill requires colleges and universities to conduct annual assessments on the intellectual freedom and viewpoint diversity uh, at these institutions. It used to be thought that. A university campus was a place where you'd be exposed to a lot of different ideas. Unfortunately, now the norm is really these are more intellectually repressive environments. You have orthodoxies that are promoted uh, and other viewpoints are shunned or even suppressed. We don't want that in Florida. Uh, You need to have a true contest of ideas. Students should not be shielded. Uh, from from ideas, and we want robust First Amendment speech on our college and university campuses. And I think that having intellectual diversity is something that's very, very important uh, as we go forward. And I know a lot of parents, one of the things they worry about, you know, if you send a kid to a university, you know, are they just going to basically be indoctrinated? Are they actually going to be taught to think for themselves, 
challenge assumptions and really be critical thinkers and learners. We obviously want our universities to be focused on critical thinking, academic rigor. Uh, we do not want them as basically hotbeds for stale ideology. Uh, that's not worth tax dollars, and that's not something that we're going to be supporting uh, going forward. Uh, so we've, uh, these bills build off a lot of the work we've done since I took office. Uh, when I took office, we uh, signed an executive order eliminating Common Core and establishing a series of objectives. Yeah. So he wants to, he's trying to say we want to have a robust system of thought by asking you what you think. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's mean, mad. The guy is a clown. I mean, he he, he says things. He, he reads them, and it sounds like it's, he knows what he's talking about. I mean, he is. So do we? I mean, th that should. Yeah, I mean that. that yeah, that, you you, that, you would think that would be enough. That you know, one breath you say you know we want these. A robust challenge of intellectual ideas, but don't teach critical race theory to our. Right. No, he uh, wants to, he wants to survey people. He, they're sending out surveys. Yeah, the, the, that to figure out so your political beliefs. Want, I mean, that is authoritarianism. That is the definition of authoritarianism. When you go to universities, yeah, and because my dad was a chairman of the state, my dad has spoken against. My dad was chairman of the border region, border governors for a long time. It, it, I would like to know which of these parents have been complaining to him about this indoctrination. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> so that, this guy's extreme. I think what 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 will work? People don't like extremes, right? And most people are in the middle. This guy, that is extreme. What he's talking about, that is extreme. So the more extreme we, he's painted, which he he's, there's no way he can. Whatever he does between now and then to become less extreme, which he won't. He's got such a record of extremism that he's extreme. He's an extreme right-wing tyrannical type of figure where you we suggest that you you're justifying surveying professors and students of their thoughts where university is a place where you were supposed to have open thoughts yeah by saying you're justifying that by testing people's thoughts i mean that that's 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 very dangerous because what are you going to do with that information with these surveys? Yeah. What, what you get a professor at you know University of Florida that you know fills out a thought. Well, what do you think about? Um, I, I don't know. I guess. He, I mean, it, let's say you have a professor that says, "Hey, you know what? I think I actually deal with some of the ideals of of socialism. Yeah. You know, and and I'm anti." capitalism in my personal stance. I don't teach that because I'm a history professor or no, excuse me. I teach whatever I teach right. art, right, right, you know, right. yeah. but personally, I, I don't know what they would do that. I mean, the, first of all, that right. person is not going to fill it out truthfully. I mean, I, I was fortunate. I went to Stanford. I went, I went to Florida. I went to Georgia. I mean, one of the reasons when you're at that age uh, and you, you yeah, spend a lot yeah. of money to but go you know, to school, you were supposed, do UCF right now. You're supposed to have a, I mean, open thought process. Yeah. So you just because you think something doesn't mean you agree with it, right. but you're discussing it. I mean, that's part of law school. It's the Socratic method. I mean, you, just because you think something, but he he is tactically taking these, these, these the, all these ideas are coming from think tanks and, 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 and workshops from right-wing extreme groups that um, you know, he talks, I mean, if you look back at, you know, some supporting of these right wing ideas, I mean, it, it, 
we just need to be able to explain it to people that this guy, basically, he wants to control what your teachers think. And he wants to, when you send your kid to the University of Florida, you need to be afraid. I mean, greed and fear. We have to say that Governor DeSantis, when you want to send your kid to the University of Florida, well, if he thinks a certain thing, he may get there's going to be a, there's going to be some sort of paper trail on that. Do you want to send you want to send your kid from the best universities in the country and be worried that the governor is keeping a tabs on what you think? Well, here's, here's, mean, here's the issue with this. That, right? That's, because... that's something that I think Republicans and any parent would say, no, hell no, I don't want I don't want my kid going. I'm going to spend all this money to go to a good school. He, he busted his ass to get the best grades and the scores, and now he's got to fill out a survey to go to the University of Florida, and some some bureaucrat in Tallahassee is going to keep track of that. I mean, that is that's the stuff that we need to be hammering that guy on because that's extreme, right? And it it, it cuts across. When I worked for, I worked for Bill Clinton in, in the White House in nineteen ninety was it ninety five ninety six, and they were worried that um. At that time, it was 95. He had lost, I guess, the, the, the turn. And they were worried that um, Colin, Colin Powell was going to run against him. So I worked for Harold Ickes, who was the deputy chief of staff and considered more liberal. And, and Clinton's like, I'm bringing this other guy in. I used to work with to help me with some polling. And it, was, it was Dick Dick Morris. Dick Morris. Oh. Was, you know, <laughs> Dick Morris, yeah. And what what Bill Clinton did, which was he, 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 he found issues, you know, that he agreed with that were cut across party lines like at that time. And, 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 and he, he worked on like tobacco, you know, going after tobacco. No, Blonde Childs took on tobacco. I mean, Bill Clinton took on tobacco. We have them to thank for that. This type of issue where you have, I mean, this is very, this is not, that. this is social. I mean, controlling what students think and university professors are, are tracking it. That is something that if you, t- if you, Check with people. They're not going to agree with that. Just so, like they're going to, they're not going to agree. They want a fifteen dollars minimum wage. They want more marijuana. You know, medicinal. The issue. Those are issues that. Because um, I don't know why he even steps into that fight unless there's money involved. I, I, I just stupid. I mean, it really. I know. I know why, Dan. Daniel, let me. Let me. Let me I know why too. But I mean, it seems like is it really worth it? I mean. Yeah. So my thoughts on why it's done this, it, you, you're talking about he's he's speaking to a very specific group. Right. And, yeah. you know, Jason, you know, you can let me know how you feel about this. But I think he's speaking to that the concept of the aggrieved white voter who feels like mm-hmm. their um, yeah. their livelihood, not li- only livelihood, but their way of thinking about the world is now being circumvented or challenged because it's not part of the national conversation anymore. Yeah. And. You know, and so they have they have parents and you can say what parents are doing this It's parents who, you know, reared their kids in a certain environment. And then when their kids get to college and to your point, Daniel, yeah, right. that they go ahead and they experience things outside the framework of their small towns, outside the framework of their high school, yeah. outside the framework of their families. And they say, hey, you know what? Just like we all did, like we all experienced like. Yeah, life is a little bit different than the way I, the way I was told. Yeah. You know, I'm talking to different people. I'm learning about different things. I'm not so confined to my original point of view. And so they attack colleges because right. they yeah. feel like this is a hotbed for intellectual exchange and change. You know, and exchange with it's you take out ex. It means you're you're not no longer thinking the things that you would that you brought into the. Right, no, you're right. It's, a, it's an easy target. Universities like yeah, right. Well, do we want to go back to? I mean, basically, I mean, you want to go back. 
this election, I guess we're going to have another election, <laughs> just like we had mm-hmm. last year. Make America great again. I mean, we just want to go back to Joe McCarthy, Jim Crow, separate. Ba- I mean, is that what Florida wants? I mean, do we want separate bathrooms, separate schools, universe? I mean, is that if that's what we want, then this is your guy. I mean, or do we want do we not want that? I mean, that we're, we're, it's really frustrating. And I, I, I can imagine even 10,000 more frustrating for you than me to. I mean, I mean, just that we're still having a discussion. I mean, about I have a Confederate flag in my courthouse here that I've been fighting to take down for 20 years, you know, right. that I had to get security in my office when I did that, you know, because I, you know, wanted to take Confederate. I mean, it's so. Yeah, we're in a battle right now. Uh, but we're, I mean, the battle, I guess we thought it was it, it just it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, these things that you think, you know, you fight for or fight against 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago that. Uh, you've yeah. been able to successfully beat back our returning, you know, those things technically never went away. Like there's always been kind of like a dark underbelly, you know, right. for lack of a better term um, of folks who still believe in those things. And so, you know, I, I don't want to say that this is kind of like um, the last stand. I don't think that's it at all. I'm not naive no. enough to believe that if Charlie or Nikki or if Biden gets a second term that, you know, we've kind of turned a corner. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Um but I do believe that there is a, a battle. I don't think that it's, you know, say like, what was Biden's the battle for the soul of our country or whatever. Right. I don't think that's the case. Um, but I think that we are in a fight um, against almost an ideology that, um, you know, really and truly, I just think they just don't want liberal ideas taught, for lack of a better term. Because what what, what, what is a liberal idea, though? That's the thing. It's, like, what is liberal ideas? Because liberal ideas simply what? Just an exploration of something of anti um anti i guess it's just your history isn't top I don't think it's in liberal i think it's just they don't want they it's just they want things to be like he said trump make america great i mean that yeah you're, you're just not top of the list anymore it's it's you know to be frank it's just whiteness isn't top of the right exactly yeah, yeah so, white male you aren't you, if you're a white male you don't automatically get it whatever you want anymore yeah, and that's scary for them. Obviously, like you know, it's it's you were able you know to do all of these things before you know to Daniel's yeah, point. Yeah, put was, your yeah, kill a kill a kill somebody. Yeah, put some of your knee on somebody and kill them. Yeah, you're able to get away with that. And that, then that, that that's now fearful. you're not now, you get a camera. Yeah, the only reason- you don't have those things. You know, the, the the ability to do those things is slowly being torn away, and for them, or at least for a certain sect, it's it's fearful that now and I, I think pat was it pat robertson the the old guy that's on the um the 700 TV club? in the 700 club he said you know critical race theory is a monstrous evil right because basically he's afraid that black people are going to treat white people the way white people have been treating black people since the inception <laughs> of this country so i think that that is really <laughs> that's probably the best experience yeah like i think that that really is for some not all in a real inherent fear that if black people or people of color or you know if, if they are able to take over this nation and take over the thought right. process of That's this country, true. that they will treat you how you've always treated them. And there is some type of fear in that. I don't think that's the majority thought. I don't. I think that, you know, for folks like Pat Robinson and Trump and, and, and you know, DeSantis, um, I, I don't necessarily they operate in the, in the minority. Yeah. I, I don't think DeSantis even believes a lot of this stuff. That, I don't you know, think it's, so. It's, I, I don't think he has a belief well, I, system. No, I think DeSantis probably I mean, most people are. 
you're not born racist or anti-Semitic or it, it's a taught trait. I agree. So I was very fortunate. My parents really bust their ass to teach me, you know, and I'm very, I'm the, 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 the more I get, the more I age and the more I see other folks who I just appreciate for my parents have done uh, uh, really instilling that in me. And yeah, and it's not it's not as common. And that's and I th- I'm sure DeSantis was not maybe through no fault of his own, was not raised in an environment where is a white man in the South in Florida that that, hey, you got a leg up. I mean, I, I know it. I walk into a room. I'm a white lawyer. A, I, I'm not. I mean, I'll admit that. I mean, I have a leg. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Even with a female female. I mean, I walk into court, yeah. a white male lawyer. I've got an advantage. Yeah. I guess it's I mean, just it's, it's inherent. That. I mean, it's it's this it's it's, it's almost like the a, way it is. yeah, I mean, you're I, born you know, with I mean, it because you are white, and for the the amount of fear that so many uh, white men have and that, women and women absolutely yeah. Yeah. that that's going right. to be removed from them that the the again just the the thought yeah. the overwhelming thought in this country won't be that we have to cater to the needs of white people. That we no longer have to do that, even in history books. I, I think was it. I well, think it's not it was a, catering; just being treated equally. Yeah, and, and that's funny. Like when we, I, when, let's say we walk into a courtroom and you, I, we both walk, and it, it's a fair. I mean, there's no predisposed either way. I mean, either if I'm in a because I lived uh, in Miami Alicia for a while, and I was that, the right guy, yeah. and they're yeah. all speaking Spanish. I mean, they cut it, it, it's people have a disposition towards people, whether you want to admit it or not, that are similar. You know. It's just human nature to, you know, for whatever, you know, I, I don't know where we went there. We were somewhere in the, and just where people sit. Like, if you look, if you go to an airport or anywhere and you see um, where people, con- I mean, just, it's 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 human nature somewhat to, to congregate, you know, to, I don't know what it is. It's just. Well, you know, to, to, uh, it's not to, racism to say that you, you to say that, you know. I, I don't know. I mean, not everything is racist just because it's different. I mean, no, but it, but but that's the thing. It's it's a it's a teaching of the um, empathy. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah empathy. It, it's it's the, it's the teaching of something of the difference, yeah. right? It, the, the challenging of something that's different from you, and it's it's scary. Like I mean, that's human nature, right? Anytime something's different from you, it it brings out the inherent um, protectionism of like, well, what I've learned always learned is always the best thing. Yeah, you know, look at how parents. Like when parents fight against changing, because I, I was I was raised the same way. I was raised this way, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, the way you were raised was not probably the most proper way to how you could to raise a child. Just because you were raised that way, doesn't mean it was right. Doesn't mean it's right, right? Yeah. And so, so people operate in that same frame. Yeah. you have to look at that, and and in politics, so and in social issues, they're like, well, I don't like the way this country's changing because I wasn't raised in this particular spectrum of change, yeah. and therefore this must be bad. Yeah. And then you have someone like. DeSantis, who looks at things like this, and he says, "I am going to, um, I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, hone in on this feeling, and make sure that, you know, what you're feeling is natural yeah. and correct, and I'm therefore going to provide you coverage yeah. with that, with these, you know, asinine laws and these bills that don't really affect your life mm-hmm. at all, but they make you feel good." Yeah, as long as I'm here, you won't be erased. Well, he doesn't want to make him feel that. He wants to get them to vote for him. That's what that's that part, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, critical race theory. This, I mean, I don't know where. I'll, I mean, this, there's the only reason for him to the only benefit he gets from 
bringing that up is that he thinks he's going to ensure him getting reelected. Yeah, you play on the fears. You play on people's fears that you are being erased. Your history is being erased. Your heritage is being erased because they want to teach you about the cruelty of this country. And then uh, it was DeSantis or someone else that said, you know, this country's history isn't as bad as they pretend it to be. Right. And that's not true. I think that overall we have done a really, really, really poor job over just teaching about the the perils of slavery, just mm-hmm. even about lynching and about what would yeah. happen to uh, black bodies when they were lynched, about how that process actually happened, about what actually happened with slavery. Even when you teach about it, or even Jim, Jim Crow, like we don't understand the concept of like the after effects um, whiplash of Jim Crow yeah. and how it affects people today. Like, you know, I did a podcast on, on critical race theory and I talked about uh, we talked about um, economics and race and structural um, economics and how the government would do these things called the GI loans, right? The GI yep. bills. Yep. And then the GI bills would then um, be applied in order to increase home ownership because they re- recognized that home ownership was the bastion of creating a middle class, sure. the middle class and creating middle class creates wealth. Well, the problem with that is that in the, in the um, advancement of these loans, they were not locking out 90% of black GIs and just black Americans in general. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to get these same loans. And if they did get loans, the loans were compounded with high levels of interest. And so now what you're doing is you're creating a wealth gap intentionally to, right. to, um, to make sure that people are not able to have the same leg up. Mm-hmm. That actually goes into, that's part of, yes, they weren't just operating solely in the South, but that is goes into the spectrum of, you know, of analyzing how race and society all inter interplay in our economics. And when people start peeling back and having those honest conversations, it scares the hell out of them mm-hmm. and it bothers them. Right. You know, yeah. for like someone like, like um, Daniel, like if we didn't really look at things like anti-Semitism and, and, and people are afraid of like, it'll be like, well, I'm not an anti-Semite. Well, you know, well, you know, maybe if you just, if you peel back the way you look at things, you realize that you may have some anti-Semite, Semite views, and we have to be okay with yeah. having that conversation. But when you fight against that, you know you're not helping the situation; you're causing more peril. Right? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Because he's not having. I mean, it's almost like it's intentionally trying to make it worse. Almost. I, I mean, because <laughs> rather than yeah, I mean, so that's what I mean. It's like we're made progress. It's like they're intentionally trying to, and that that just seems so anti. You know, why do you want to be in government if you're going to make it work? I mean, we made improvements. Critical. I mean, who was complaining about critical race theory? They weren't, they weren't nope. complaining about it three months ago until it became the thing that you mentioned earlier, the Heritage Foundation. Yeah, nobody created. was complaining about it. They didn't even thing. know what it was. It was they yeah. still don't know what it is. Yeah, they still don't. It, right. it's, it's one of those things where, again, you can use that to play on the fears of white people. Because they can put anything that involves race yeah. into it, and it's such an amorphous term for them because it involves critical and but race have, and theory. But was, yeah. I mean, Trump, Trump is, you know, Trump just says, I mean, Trump is a base person. He says whatever he thinks. And he I, I think he's got racist tendencies, but I also see, you know, his son, I mean, his daughter married an Orthodox Jewish, I mean, and right. converted to Judaism. I mean, he's got Jewish grandkids. I mean, you know, I'm sure he loves his grandkids. I mean, he probably doesn't love a lot. So, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, I disagree with Trump on practically every, but I mean, but DeSantis, 
I mean, I don't, I don't see Trump going through this whole process of all these nuanced laws. I mean, he doesn't care. I mean, he doesn't care. Just, yeah, but but when you got like DeSantis and crew, I mean, crew, I mean, this there is no purpose other than someone telling them or them figuring, hey, DeSantis, you want to be president? You got to. You want to get reelected? There's some this critical race theory is probably going to move the numbers a little bit for you in this area. So, okay, he's like, okay, I mean, well, I mean, it, right, I mean, listen, what it does is is like he's he's being t- it raises money off. I don't know. It gets on TV, or we talk about it, or you know, yeah, he it, it gives him like a platform. He's like, so it's anything that gives me a national platform because he was trending on Twitter one day, and it was like to trend on Twitter, you know, means like oh, it's working, good or bad and indifferent, it yeah. just it's working, yeah. and so. um He's he's taking platforms that he fully doesn't understand, and he's, no, I think he does understand. No, I think some. No, I, I think he does understand mm-hmm. it. No, no, I think he understands it. I think he understands the effectual nature of how when people re- how they react to it, you know. But that's that's my opinion. But did he talk to anyone who's a minority or has any experience with this, or any educator that has experience with this theory? Before he tried to ban it, I mean, or did he just? No, he he didn't. I, I guarantee he didn't do that. So why do we want? I mean, I guess that's the question. Do we want to well, live? Do we? This is not a this is not a small thing. I mean, Florida has twenty two million people. I mean, it's a multi billion dollar. I mean, this, it's a money I mean, state. Yeah, I mean, do you want to have? Do we want to attract people? That do we just want to be the racist state? I mean, does that? Why don't we just go all in? I mean, is that? I mean, I mean why are we <laughs> muddling around with? I mean, we're already there. We're already there. Do, but, but I don't think I think I'm a, but if, but that's what I think I'm hopeful is that it's it, there's the white male population is yeah. in terms of population percentage is decreasing every year. So I mean that. Mm-hmm. So the numbers. Look at the you know all the. Central American, South American, you know, Caribbean, you know, just people who all over that live in Florida now. I mean, you know, that have come here. It's not just white people, you know. So, so that white race. I mean, I, I just, I just, it's just really so blatantly, you know. I guess it's just we just have to educate people as to what our leaders are really espousing. Is it? Is it just? Do we want to live in a state? That um, where the, the the highest elected official has a priority to, you know, not consider all people equal. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, end on because actually I had a whole bunch I wanted to talk to, but we got so caught up in DeSantis that I yeah. mean why not right yeah. you know yeah. um, um, but <laughs> it, it, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's a subject that's ripe for continual evaluation. Well, I think DeSantis is what I mean. It's the person, but he's also if you have. I'm a history major too, so same here. Yeah. Oh, so okay. So I think we're, why, why I think the remove Ron thing that I've started. It, it, I'm not getting supporters, not just in Florida, all over the country. It's yeah. because I think people understand that if the third largest, and we got rid of Trump. I mean, Trump, we beat it. We got him out. I mean took a lot of, we got, it was not easy. And there, it was not easy to get him out of office. Anyone that thinks it was, doesn't know how much time I spent and everyone, millions of people spent time to get him out. And we got the right candidate. It was, we threaded a needle. And I think people feel 
I mean, I know my blood pressure goes down when I watch just regular TV. My kids can watch the president speak on TV now. Mm. And I think a lot of people like or feel more comfortable, but but it's, is it just going to be a, is, are we just going to have, it's just going to be a break in that. Mm. Does it mean we're going to have a new guy like this guy, the Trump 2.0, whatever you call him. Is he the, I mean, are we, that, that's why I think it's, a, it's not just him. It's what he has understood and his consultants and his money people and his think tank people have convinced him what he needs to run on because it's not, he didn't have to pick these, all these battles. I mean, he, he could have, I mean, you know, he's chosen to do this. So that's why it's not just about DeSantis. It's about, you know, historically, are we going to, when people look back on 2020, 2022, 24, are they going to see that America, um, move more towards a more inclusive, open-minded. And, and, and the other point too, is that just because you're inclusive and progressive doesn't mean you, that can't be good for the economy. Right. <laughs> that there's that, you know, the economy can thrive when people are more uh, educated and more, you know, yeah. so I don't know. So, that, that's, so Jason, um, your thoughts on going forward? Because, you know, Daniel's later made out a perfect point of really, you know, people are going to have to choose between if they want more of the same. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to let you, because uh, we're running up on a couple, couple hours, and I wanted you to kind of give your final thoughts on this. Yeah, I I, I agree that we, we got a lot of space ahead of us, man. We got a lot of time. We're just in the summer of 2021, and we got to get all the way basically to the winter. Of yeah. 2022. That's a whole lot of time in politics. It's like, you know, when they say it's the last, what, this fourth quarter, you got five seconds. That's a lifetime. Yeah. You know, we're looking at a couple of lifetimes in politics at the moment. Um, so, you know, it's tough to say just because there is so much that can actually happen. Um, but I will say, based off of, um, you know, my, I guess, history and work in politics and uh, how things have gone here historically over the last few elections, is that I'm not that confident. Mm. Um, that Democrats can make the play. To, You're not confident about a lot of stuff, though. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I will say that. Uh, I think that DeSantis is a strong candidate, but I do agree with Daniel. Anybody's beatable. You know, there, there's DeSantis isn't Teflon, you know. Yeah. Um, I think before the pandemic started, yeah, Trump was probably going to cruise to re-election, and then he screwed up his reaction to the pandemic, and now we have uh, President Biden. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I think, you know, I, I'm not, I don't think DeSantis is a smart man. I don't think he's a bright guy. Um, you know, just because he went to Yale and Harvard law, uh, that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that there's a lot there that we can utilize, but the, the reason for part of my pessimism is that Democrats are just bad at messaging, especially in the state. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we know how to properly, organize and relate to the coalition of voters that we have because it's you know for lack of a better term we have a melting pot in this state we got haitians we got folks from the caribbean we got uh black we got jamaican we got white we got liberals moderates and we have folks all the way on the the far left um how do you wrangle all of that i don't know i don't know there there are other people who get paid way more money than i do to figure that out and, but it's something that we can do. I will say that. I think that if we're able to get our messaging right, um, I think Nikki or Charlie, 
or whomever I, may come up. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I, I think that you know, I, I would put my faith more in Charlie than Nikki, just because I know Charlie's history. Um, and then, how does Val, you know, work with that? I saw where Rubio said that he's going to get Trump to campaign for him. Um, in 2022, that could be a death nail for Val, or it could be a death nail for Rubio. I think it might be a death nail for um, Rubio. Yeah. So yeah. there's just so much. There's so much. But if we can get our messaging down and figure out how can we relate to uh, our at least the majority of our voters in the different spots that we have in this state, um, then it can be done. Um, but you know, I, I got to see some um, tread come off of those wheels first. So. You know, I'll end this by saying that number one, I'll say, Daniel, thank you for coming on to this um, podcast um, and offering your time. Uh, love to have the Grim Reaper. I never thought I'd meet the Grim, Grim Reaper until <laughs> too late, but I'm we glad. We need to plug Remove Ron. It's removeron.org. Removeron.org. Um, everybody go check it out, contribute, um, share it with your friends, family, and associates, coworkers, and all that. Uh, you know, I'll say this, though, Daniel. What what you have actually done on this podcast is you've given me a glimmer of positivity <laughs> because I will say that in order to really change out the leadership in this state, um, it's going to be important that we actually um, exhibit some form of faith in humanity. And the, the candidate that is going to um, push through or make it through this next change in leadership is going to be the one who um, – pivots into or leans into the humanity of Floridians. Uh, Jason, you mentioned the fact that um, we have a melting pot. I say it's an amalgamation of cultures. It is. You know, it's a cornucopia. And so what we have through that cornucopia of cultures is that we have those, just looking at South Florida, we have a high Jewish population. We have a high Cuban population. We have a high um, Haitian population. We have Jamaican, you know, a lot of Caribbean um, cultures. And then then you have those who are just – um, uh, uh, not just, but uh, we have Black Americans, and then you know, and then wh- uh, white Americans. But you have all these cultures, and in a very small portion of the state, and you, you know, extrapolate that across the, um, Florida, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And Democrats have to do a better job of what is the key unifying figure between all these groups is the heart and humanity of the candidate. And they have to be able to communicate that. They have to be able to communicate their story effectively, communicate their vision effectively, communicate themselves effectively. And, you know, right now we are in a battle for, you don't like to say Joe Biden's soul of this nation, but I would say the soul of the state. Because as Daniel has, um, you know, eloquently stated, that if you are a history major, you you can see where we're heading Mm -hmm. and you can see where we're going. And that should scare you. That should scare you about the pattern of leadership that, our current governor has, and do you want more of the same? Because he's only going to get worse. You know, once DeSantis has gotten that taste of, oh, this works, because he's not a visionary. Not at all. Right? So he's not a visionary. So once he's gotten a taste of, oh, this works, then he's like, I'm gonna, I want more of that. And that is actually what I would say is his key flaw, his inability to push away from the table when he's had too much to eat. And when, you know, hence his, hence his suits. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, but, you know, the thing is we have to be able to play on that and recognize the flaw in his ability is that he doesn't know when to say when. And I think he's going to continue to go down this road. And then the right. Democrats are going to have to be smart enough to recognize it. Because I say styles make fights. And if the style of DeSantis is somebody who consumes too much, then you're going to have to somebody show you're going to have to have a candidate that can show that their structure in being um, smart in your intake and being able to um, communicate effectively 
to the world why we don't need to be more. We don't need more is uh, less is more, not the opposite. So I will say that. And I will actually, with that being said, because we mentioned about critical race theory, I'm going to play a clip and then I'm going to lead into a, you know, closeout music. But I felt like this, this clip was very um, poignant because it came from General Mills. Um, he talked about uh, why it was important to read up on things. So bear with me, everybody. Chair, and thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. I know my time is very precious, but I would like to yield some of my time to General Milley because I know that he had some comments that he wanted to make when Representative Gates was talking, as well uh, as Mr. Waltz, about a similar subject of the stand down and, and race theory. Would you like a minute or so to comment on that? Do you remember what we were, what your line of questioning or thought was there? Um, sure. Um, first of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America. What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that, because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders, now and in the future, do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong? with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, antebellum laws prior to the Civil War, that led to uh, a power differential with African Americans that were three-quarters of a human being when this country was formed. And then we had a civil war and emancipation proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look it, I do want to know. And I respect your service, and you and I are both Green Berets. But I want to know. And it matters to our military and the discipline and cohesion of this military. And I thank you for the opportunity to make a comment on that. Thank you, General. Uh, change. So that was General uh, Mills, and he... Um, he's a uh, current chair of the Joint Chiefs Staffs at the White House, and he makes a comment about critical race theory. One of the things I want to offer is that I think it was important that he made note that it's important for us for to learn. Because learning does not mean you're, it doesn't mean that you know you actually adopt what you just read. It just meant that you have better understanding. And the same thing if we have better understanding of who we are as an opponent and who we, as far as our opponent in Florida. Um, DeSantis. So as you guys tend to do, we, we uh, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I ask you to continue to share it with your friends, uh, share it on um, all platforms, uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, and thank you guys for listening. And this is our political cleanser part five. So, you know, with all with our political cleanser, it's generally politics as usual. And with that being said, we're going to honor the 25th anniversary of Jay-Z's album, Reasonable Doubt, which actually um, had a song called Politics Usual. So thank you all, and we're going to ride out.
politics is usual. You feel my triumph never. Feel my pain, I'm lying. Low in the leather's iron. The best is ever came. The game changes life. My mind just ain't right. We wind get this dope. I guess it ain't your night. Sucking me in like a vacuum. I remember telling my family I'll be back soon. That was December 85. And Jay Z rise 10 years later. Got me wise. Still can't break my underworld top. I wear black a lot in the act, act a lot. Got matching VCRs, a huge Magnavox, 10 inch green like spinach, pop wines, that's vintage. It's a lot of big money in my sentence. Hitting towards a mill, lip up, venting. I kill like that chick, baby. One, two, cat, yeah, I do that. Ain't no stopping the champagne from popping the drawers, from dropping the law, from watching. I hate them. Politics is usually